Attention of the world again is fixated on the beautiful city of Paris, the capital city of France, as the cream de la cream of the footballing world converge once again to witness the crowning of the latest winner of the most prestigious and coveted award in world football, the Ballon d'Or. which returns after one year hitters is expected to be keenly contested firmly scrutinized whilst also whilst also drawing lots of opinions suggestions and assertions alike on who gets what and why would it be Leo Messi Robert Lewandowski Karim Benzema Jorginho Mohamed Salah or someone else entirely tonight's show is specifically dedicated to, to tonight's global spectacle as always, you know, you can trust us on Futa Radio 93.1 FM on Sports Lounge to bring you up to speed with the latest and hottest from the Theatre du Châtelet in Paris as proceedings are set to go down. Elsewhere, there were lots of actions, blockbuster actions, back to say, across various stadiums in Europe over the weekend. 
from the heli kickoff at the Emirates, which saw Arsenal beat Newcastle by two goals to nil. To Vinicius Junior's Howitzer at the Estadio Santiago Bernabeu on Real Madrid's win over Sevilla. Trust the guys and I to do justice to all the actions and the talking points and the top games and many more on the show this evening. My name remains Olubenga Agbeo. You can call me AGP for short and I'll be your hanker on tonight's show. We'll go on a quick break to bring you the news making the rounds in the world of sports. Please stay tuned. Provide the opportunity from this free kick. He can indeed. It's turned in. Taken by Fabregas and it's tempted Bravo. Oh, it's run beautifully. Romelu Lukaku. 3 0. Arsenal just keep on coming. Lacazette doing his best. Football is fun. Ba- ba- basketball is exciting. Formula One is intriguing. Raikkonen has just set a new race leader, was Sebastian Vettel. Athletics is entertaining. Tune into Sports Lounge. You get all the fun, excitement, entertainment, and much more in one piece. Sports Lounge on Futa Radio. It's nothing but sports. This is Sports Lounge. Back to Sports Lounge on Futa Radio 93.1 FM. Now to the news making the rounds in the world of sports. Quadri Aruna has been eliminated in the quarterfinals of the 2021 World Table Tennis Championship, currently holding Houston, United States of America, in Sony's last eight fixture against Swedish True Moregard. Aruna lost four sets to two to exit the tournament. It was not the best of starts for Haruna as he lost the opening two sets 13 11 and 11 8 to ba- but he bounced back from the early setback and won the third set 11 2 but, but lost the fourth the fourth set 11 4. the nigerian star fought to take the fifth set 14 12 but lost the sixth set sixth set 11 7. despite his ouster from the competition Aruna made history as he became the first player from africa to get to the round of 16 and quarterfinals of the world table tennis championship Tigers of Nigeria recorded a dominant 95-69 win over Uganda to close the first window of the FIFA Basketball World Cup 2023 African qualifiers in Angola on Sunday. The victory means Nigeria's main team have progressed into round two of the qualifiers. The EK Diogu-led side, who needed a win to top the group, got off to a perfect to a perfect start as they took the first quarter 25-18. They also took the second quarter with a 25 with a 28-19 score to add into the halftime break with a 16-point lead. Despite being a low-scoring affair, the Tigers did not take their foot off the gas in winning the third quarter by 14-18. Ugandan's hope of a comeback in the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter was dashed as the Tigers also clinched it 28-24 to end the encounter 95-69. In the other group encounter, Mali beat Cape Verde 64-58 to record their second win of the competition to sit second in Group A behind Nigeria also on five points, while Uganda and Cape Verde recorded one win. Five African teams will end a spot at the FIBA Basketball World Cup, which will hold in Japan, Indonesia and the Philippines from the August from August 25th to September 10th, 2023. 
Sir Frank Williams, founder and former team principal of Williams Racing, has died at the age of 79. The team won the F1 driver's title seven times and the Constructors' Championship on nine occasions under Williams' stewardship. A statement from Williams Racing read, It is with great sadness that on behalf of the Williams family, the team can confirm the death of Sir Frank Williams, CBE founder and former team principal of Williams Racing at the age of 79. Williams, who has been paralyzed in the wheelchair since he was paralyzed, Williams, who has been in the wheelchair since he was paralyzed in a horrific car crash in France in 1986, was admitted to hospital in 2016 with pneumonia and again in December this year. F1 Chief Executive Stefano Domicicali said the sport had lost a much-loved and respected member of the F1 family. Frank Nick has been appointed Manchester United's interim manager until the end of the season. 63-year-old's contract will see him oversee the first team until June and then remain at the club for a further two years in the Corsantasi role. United reached an agreement with Lokomotiv Moscow last week for the release of Ragnik, who was manager of sports and development at the Russian side. He will take the reins from Michael Carrick, who was in temporary charge of the team for last week's two new Champions League win over Villarreal and Sunday's 1-1 draw at Chelsea in the Premier League. Elsewhere, Paris Saint-Germain have confirmed Neymar will be out for up to eight weeks after suffering an ankle injury in Sunday's 3-1 win over Saint-Etienne. Neymar, 29, was stretched off with five minutes of normal time to go at the start Geoffrey Guchard after rolling his ankle under a challenge from a Saint-Etienne defender. Neymar, who suffered ligament damage after spraining his ankle, is expected to be unavailable for between six and eight weeks, with the club set to provide more updates before the end of the week. It will likely return at the beginning of February in time for the beginning of the Champions League knockout stages with Paris Saint-Germain already qualified as group winners in Group A behind Manchester City. The Ballon d'Or Gala returns tonight after a year absence and Lionel Messi is favourite to make history and win a record seventh prize. The ceremony takes place tonight at the Chatelet Theatre in Paris as from 8.30pm Nigerian time. Last year's award was cancelled due to football calendar disrupted by the pandemic, a controversial decision which saw Robert Lewandowski almost certainly denied his first golden ball. The Bayern Munich striker is among the frontrunners once again but Messi's achievement of finally winning the Copa America earlier this year has put him top of the pile in the running for this year's award. If Messi does win, it will be a seventh Ballon d'Or award, a record tally which would see him move too clear of his great rival Cristiano Ronaldo. The award presented by, Fran by French magazine France Football is considered the highest individual honour in football. It was established in 1958 and was only eligible to European players up until 1995 before voting was open to all players at European clubs. From 2007, he became a global award. Barcelona's Alexia Puteas could win the Women's Award after a stellar year which, include, which included winning the Champions League awards, awards for the Best Men's Young Player, the Copa Trophy and goalkeeper Yashin Trophy would also be handed out. That's it on the news making the rounds in the world of sports. We'll return with the analysis segment very shortly. Please stay tuned. It's nothing but sports. This is Sports Lounge.
Welcome back to Sports Lounge on Footer Radio 93.1 FM and I've got the guys with me in the studios this evening and it's a packed studios I have to say. We've got the queen of the crew Maureen on the show this evening. Good evening Maureen. We have uh, Marshall Odewali is also here. Adam is capped for this one. Tommy is in the studios. Ezekiel is also capped for this one and after a long a long moment out uh timothy is back in the studios this evening and as i was reading out the lineup philip walked into the studios good evening guys and welcome to the show this evening well good evening uh glad to be here it's been a long Wait, time we've actually seen the studio this full. yeah yeah i think it's and, because, uh, because <laughs> something we have a lot to talk about tonight. On the show tonight yeah definitely number seven tonight <laughs> well well, that's by the way. Anyways, but before we get started, I mean, let's just uh, before we get straight to our major talking points on the show this evening, let's start with this one: uh, a review of the European League games that actually went down across various stadia in Europe over the weekend. And we will start with the German Bundesliga. Marshall will bring us up to speed with that. I mean, just two key games happened this weekend: Wolfsburg against Borussia Dortmund and Bayern's one-year win over Arminia Bielefeld. And the major talking point, obviously, has to do with the fact that ah. Uh, that man is back once again. You know the man I'm talking about. The name Helen Holland is back for Borussia Dortmund. And few, I think few seconds, or should I say minutes after, I mean returning to 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 to, to the pitch. I mean he actually scored a third goal for Borussia Dortmund in a 3-1 win at Wolfsburg. But I mean, what does this mean for Dortmund? And particularly that impressive 3-1 win over Wolfsburg and Bayern's win as well, Marshall. Yeah, very quickly started with uh, Helen Holland. I think the first thing is that. This appearance actually takes him further away from Dortmund because, like we all know, for the time he was out, Dortmund went out of the uh, group stages in the Champions League and now they are consigned to play in the Europa League. And for uh, Bayern Munich, I think it was actually quite interesting that they got their 1 0 uh, goal, courtesy of the goal from Lorenzani. And just like you said, in Holland came in in the game against Wolfsburg for Dortmund and 2 1. It was looking like and then he just came in minutes after back the goal and that's what Ellen Holland would always guarantee you like no matter the circumstances I mean he was supposed to be out up until 2022 and then he just came in and he's not even feeling rust or anything like that like, that's what you call goal machines that way you call born goal scorers and it was very obvious for Ellen Holland on, on the afternoon and it was actually quite interesting that it was when he came in that he actually looked, you know, just more threatening, but that he just looks like a way better side. And, yeah. you know, it just makes you wonder what exactly would have happened if he was fit uh, throughout the group stages. Just not, uh, not just for uh, Dortmund, but also for Norway, because they would also be missing out on the World Cup. And, you know, it, it makes you wonder how exactly Haaland's career is actually going to look like now, because they've missed on the Euros. They're missing on the World Cup now. And then it looks like this kind of player who would just be very, very dominant with his club side. But then, Country-wise, it's just kind of difficult to attain uh, that kind of success. And for Bayern Munich, I think it's more like their eyes were on the Ballon d'Or ceremony because they were just so disjointed in that <laughs> one. It required a goal from Lorenzani uh, to break the dock against Arminia um, Bielefeld. And uh, in terms of the uh, other leagues, obviously, let's quickly move to the Spanish La Liga. 
two very key or three key games actually happened over the weekend uh Villarreal Xavier Hernandez's Villarreal uh, Xavier Hernandez's Barcelona were able to get maximum three points at the Ceramica beating Villarreal by three goals to one and I think that was a really really good game in terms of um the fact that Barcelona were pecked back but I mean they maintained their a composure to actually see that one out winning 3-1 and uh atletico madrid also won 4-1 at cadiz and the big one uh last night uh vinicius jr scoring is an absolutely sensational goal to win the game for for real madrid 2-1 at home against sevilla but i mean your assessment of the, these three games that went down in spain over the weekend yeah i think it's just the th- top three sides rounded into form i think for atletico madrid they've actually struggled really really massively and the game against cardiff was a very very clear difference between uh, the one they had in Milwaukee against Milan where it was looking like what exactly Atletico Madrid doing because I watched the second half against Cardiff and the way they were just tearing them apart I mean Rodrigo de Paul, Correa, uh, Griezmann and after the first goal like Simeone's face was a picture it was just this feeling of relief like finally and then in quick succession they actually got uh, four goals which is very very rare for an Atletico Madrid Salon Diego Simeone and I think that was a very very good victory for them you know it pushes them uh, further uh, into the time before the game they were actually fifth and after that one because of the fact that La Liga is actually quite closely packed uh, they are now second on the table and for Xavi Hernandez quite surprising this is actually Barca's first away win in the league this season which I mean for a side like Barcelona it's something that would actually beg a lot of questions and yeah the game was actually not as Calm as the scoreline looked. I mean, Depay's goal, which was the second goal to give Barca the lead, came in the 88th minute before a late penalty from uh, Coutinho made it 3-1. So the game was not really uh, that close. I mean, there was a chance for Pau Torres that would have actually made that game a lot livelier. Yeah. Then, uh, unfortunately for Villarreal, that happened. And I think for Xavi, this is actually one he can build on, you know, because the next set of games are kind of ones he can use to not only get confidence of the boys up, but mm. you know, prepare them for what would actually come you know it's really really not been a good one for Barca before uh, Xavi came in and now that he's there he's trying to turn it out around you know make them more confident make them more understanding of where they should be uh, and lastly at uh, the Banabao yesterday night there goes uh, <coughs> excuse me uh, Vinicius actually got yeah. the very very important goal in that one it was looking like Sevilla were going to put one up on, on Real Madrid I mean the first half was just all Sevilla all through and then they were chances i mean Courtois really had to be masterful in the first half especially but then there was this shot from Elita, I mean, from way out and everyone was like why exactly are you shooting that but then uh bono made a mistake benzema was there tapped in the rebound and it was looking like it'd probably be a one all draw but then i think like we've seen so much with real madrid this season benzema and vinicius always coming up with goods always coming up with the goals and that was what we saw in, in that game between real madrid and sevilla where vinicius just came out of out of nothing quite literally and then just blasted one right in the top corner and the kind of celebration he actually had afterwards just for like calm down you know i'm here now and he shows the kind of confidence that he's actually having and the longer this goes on i think the better for him and uh moving over to the uh italian Serie A, we had i mean some very very wonderful games key games and uh scandalous scoreline has to be said because if you look at i mean lots of goals were scored in the syria over the weekend but the biggest has to be uh napoli's four-nil win over mauricio saris lazio and other games were also i mean also went down and i think the biggest talking point has to do with milan's uh loss i mean the second uh consecutive loss on the bounce now i mean losing at home to sassuolo and but i mean hey is yet to bring us up to speed with what happened over the weekend in italy all right good evening everyone all right let's quickly start from the san siro the ac milan game it was it was a little bit disappointing because they started on a very very high note with the goal from romanioli they it looked like they were getting into the groove and everything 
and all of a sudden they they were pegged back a little which well is usually common in milan's games um in in the syria this season they score first they get one back and at the end of the day it's always a 3-1 3-2 4-2 victory for them so it looked like maybe one of those days where okay they will get pegged back a bit and then get back into the groove and get it done for them and then all of a sudden it just went and i don't know the the second goal came in then the red card romanioli went from hero to villain by getting the red card for himself and then berardi and Berardi took took chance of that. Then away from that one, we also saw in the in the game between Fiorentina, it seems Dusan Vlaovic is still flat, is still firing on all cylinders. Yeah. He got the goal for himself, but that one goal was not enough as Empoli still went ahead with it. They came out, they turned it around from one goal down. It became two goals to one. Yeah. Then in the biggest one, like you mentioned earlier, the biggest one in my own opinion is the game between Juventus and Atalanta. Duvan Zapata made all the difference. Paulo, it looked it was a game of a lot of missed chances in my own opinion. There were chances for Dybala, he couldn't convert properly and a lot of things like that happened. Well, also had such magnitude it's obvious that it was more of I don't know, it was more of they just got that chance and they scored it for themselves because Atalanta didn't really do much for themselves throughout the whole game. Then going away, Jose Mourinho looks to be maybe rejuvenating himself with the Roma with the Roma team. Maybe. It narrowed a narrow one goal one goal win against um Torino was enough to get them all three points. Sorry? You say the goal scorer. Tamir Brown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Tamir Brown's goal was the difference between both Milan and, um, sorry, both well, between Roma, Roma and, and Torino. Torino. Then it looks like we're going to be playing catch up. It's still like separation phase when I look at the tables. Yeah. Because, Napoli and for Milan example, Napoli looked like they had dropped points last weekend against Inter Milan and they were looking to maybe slip up a little and all of a sudden they've gotten back into, the gra- into, into their groove and I don't know it's a little too early for AC Milan to start slipping up on the table just like they did last season then finally the game between um Inter Milan and Venezia it was more or less a manuscript football it was it was ma- it was bound to happen Lautaro Martinez got on the score sheet no surprises there and yeah, the Italian share was what it was last weekend. And Victor Osimhen's absence was not felt at all as Napoli cruised to a 4 0 win over Lazio. And moving over to the, I mean, the biggest league in world football, he has to be said, we've always, I mean, had this debate on and on and on. But I mean, across uh, over the weekend, across various uh, stadiums, right there in uh, in England, we had lots of football, we had lots of games, we had lots of goals, and we also had lots of snow. And morning, morning was having a discussion with me before the before the show began that i mean some games should have been called off obviously just a game was suspended due to snow but in terms of um the the, the assess your assessment of the um games actually went that over the weekend from the emirates to anfield to the Hetiad on sunday to the stamford bridge and all the games as well i think you we should just focus on those four games and then the, the game that was actually stopped uh, as a result of snow. Philip, bring us up to speed with your assessment of the Premier League this weekend. It was actually a very, very exciting weekend. I think the issue is a lot of stadia management didn't really envisage that much snow because coloured balls were not available. And I don't think the Premier League has even debuted uh, coloured balls. I think uh, just uh, the Italian Serie A and the Spanish Liga have used their coloured balls so far so good. But they, I, they have. They've it, changed the ball. It's now yellow. In the Premier League? White, yeah. It's it's now yellow. Well, but across all their venues yesterday, was still they still used, the you know, the, the white balls. And at some point in time, you couldn't really tell so much difference from, particularly the Leicester game. The Leicester game was pretty clear, and suddenly at one point in time, same with the Man City. Exactly, everywhere just turned white, and I, I was hoping that at that point they would swap or switch the balls. But apparently, I'm sure they didn't have the colored balls in the grounds at, at that time so but the snow didn't really hamper much uh, yeah it, it slowed down the, the the pace of the game but it didn't really hamper much and when you look at uh, newcastle arsenal 
I think it was a game that Arsenal needed to do, you know, they need for particularly in the first half where Abmeyang was, you know, particularly <laughs> off. I, I don't know what's happening with him. Maybe his head is not really in the game. But Arsenal really dominated. Uh, Ramsdale also had, you know, yeah. a couple of, you know, brilliant saves to to also make. So I, I think on the long run, the second half was what proved the difference between uh, what happened uh, if Arsenal were going to win and if Arsenal weren't going to win. I think at halftime, Ateta had to, you know, rally his boys and kudos to Bukayo Saka, kudos to uh, Tomiyasu. That, that guy has really made Arsenal fans forget Bellerin in a short time. I mean, also nobody's even asking about Bellerin anymore. Nobody even knows where he is anymore. And that's to show you how, you know, you can still get quality for not so much. Mm. I mean, the guy was bought for 20 million. Philip, I remember when they signed this guy, he mm. didn't actually have... Uh, I didn't like say anything about him. I had no opinion about him. Because <laughs> it was coming you from... remember? <laughs> I, exactly. I had no... No, no, no. I had no opinion about him because, one, I, I, I was... most Arsenal fans didn't really know who... Yeah, exactly. to me I, had, was. I was more pro Bellerin should go. Just... Mm. Bellerin should go. Whoever was coming, just push Bellerin away. And then we're able to do that. And eventually when, you know, the lo- lovely assist is supplied for uh, Martinelli yesterday, Martinelli got his first goal 76 seconds after coming on just with the second touch. I think if you were talking about a morale booster, he needed that goal desperately yeah, because true. there was a game, he had, he, he had a rebound. The, the goal was going in, but another Arsenal player touched it and they didn't count it for him. And I felt so, he was celebrating with the scorer, but you could see it on his face yeah. that he wished the goal was what his. And eventually he got his go yesterday and you know Arsenal are now level on point with you know uh, West Ham they've closed the gap eventually and I think they're on a good run of form their next fixture will actually be another test of character so let's see how well but uh, 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 yeah Man United uh, you know you guys I ag- you asked me if Newcastle <laughs> will go down I'm still standing on that I think Newcastle and Edial right. would actually go down okay uh, I was asking you your assessment of other games. Okay, the other game. Okay, okay, the United Chelsea. Liverpool. Yeah. No, no, before. You, okay, before you. Okay, 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 okay. City won two one against West Ham. See, see, I think of, of the top three teams chasing chasing the the title. the title. Liverpool actually have this psychology that puts them maybe a little, maybe a quarter foot ahead of you know everybody on that. One under the first half, Liverpool already had the game wrapped up. If football, if football allowed, I think about you to move, two minutes into the game, they were, they were exactly. If, <laughs> if football allowed you to move your starting eleven out and move, Liverpool would have swapped everybody and just leave the young guys on the pitch. And that's what separates them. The way they execute their games is almost as if they have something chasing them and they have something they are chasing also. So you can see the desire to win from Liverpool from the get-go. And yeah. it's just so sad that when AFCON starts, they will lose certain key players. So, you know, cruise control win from Liverpool and uh, also Manchester City. Manchester City didn't really have much to do. West Ham scored. The scoreline looks as if, you know, they dragged. But West Ham scored uh, perhaps with the last kick of the very good goal. Exactly. It was really nothing nothing <laughs> threatening. But maybe the snow to also slow down their speed. Yeah, Sterling missing food. Sterling not be, You know, they were not so fast as they used to be. But still a uh, comfortable win with um, Manchester City and West Ham. So, I'll, I'll wait till we get into the Liverpool. Uh, Man U United. Yeah, Man we're U already Chelsea. into the... <laughs> Yeah, into that now, and, and uh, I think over the weekend, lots of uh opinions were actually, I mean, across social media and and, and elsewhere. That uh, can United really go to the Sanford Bridge and not get I mean, rolled over by Chelsea and all that? But I mean, they went there and it looked as for the better part of I think the opening five minutes, it looked as United it's, before even that, uh, before the before the game started, the biggest talking point was Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, omission from the starting eleven was actually dropped, and uh, United didn't start the game with uh, with uh, how would I put it now a recognizable 
striker. striker. They only had Rashford, who still does not know his right foot position and all that. We can get to that. Bruno Fernandes actually started, and it was looking like United were going to execute a style like press Chelsea with the with the setup, and press. it looked as though the, the first few minutes showed that United wanted to press, but eventually after that, Chelsea got themselves into the groove of the game and dominated from from that point till the end of the game. There were lots of chances. In fact, Chelsea should have been 2-3-4 nil up at halftime. AGP, I beg to disagree. <laughs> Man, you didn't set up to press. Man, you didn't yeah, set up. Man, you, man, you set up. Man, you set up. Defense and counter. Exactly. This is hey, regular, regular man you. Defend, <laughs> counter with. Defense and counter. They wanted to counter with Sancho and Rashford. Philip, that was the plan. Sancho, Rashford, Philip, 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 that was the plan. plan. <laughs> that was <laughs> you are giving us... Uh, you, you, are, you, are, you are... The way you are Sweet cousin. When I was coming to you, we can go on and on about United's style and how... But United were able to get a draw at that game. Chelsea got a draw, yes. They were on the winning side. No, but the headline is that Chelsea I think Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea forced United, Chelsea forced United to a draw. Yeah, not United forcing Chelsea, Chelsea for to a draw. Yeah. Because if you don't, my United if you don't, lead, yeah. so Chelsea forced United to a draw. Let's not change the headline. Yeah. United had just United had just two attempts. <laughs> and they scored yeah. one goal. Yeah. Chelsea yeah. had yeah. a billion attempts, and they scored twenty-two. Twenty-two attempts. Twenty-two attempts. Which was which was twenty-two six even from open play. Well, to start with, it was a bold mood for Carrick actually dropping Ronaldo on the bench, and the fact that even no, it's just Ronaldo is. As much as de- definitely you're having a Ronaldo in your it's squad, you want to actually want him to start in that kind of big game. It's more, it's more, a lab, it's more of a liability when you are setting up to defend. Just you can't set no, up to defend you, and you start look, Ronaldo. No, in as much as I've, this is the first time Ronaldo is actually playing for my or playing in a team. Defense before. has been their biggest problem. That's the truth. I'm just saying, Ronaldo brings a lot. Him starting in a game or in any club. Defense has been their problem. But Chelsea did not score until they score Chelsea didn't score from open play it was a penalty gifted wow. to them you, you see you, you see what I'm saying something about you defense you let them see was it Manu's defense that saved my yesterday it's not what saved United oh, so it was Manu's defense what conversion see it was a bit of both are you saying my United didn't on the Chelsea were more blunt than United's sharpness at the back and so are we going to fault Chelsea for not taking their chances or the fact that United you should fault Chelsea why are you not praise United for defending you should fault Chelsea United are not a defensive side they don't know how to defend obviously Chelsea were more wasteful than United were more defensive that's what AGP is trying to say in the sense that from United were more defensive your mic is off your mic is off (laughs) why don't you you make a point well for the my united game for me i'll give my united kudos the fact that they came to old trafford and they played that kind of football with chelsea because as it as it was in the night a lot of people expected chelsea to actually um get a lot of goals over my united looking at the fact that they were struggling but my united we saw yesterday they were very very resilient in the sense that scott mctominay was superb for them for me man of the match in that game yesterday well, I'll give it to Scott. In as much as he stayed in that game for 90 minutes and didn't get carded because he did a lot of rough tackles that could have actually got him sent off in that game. That's why. And it's it's sad that um, Carrick is definitely going to leave because looking at the two games he has actually managed. No, it's sad. No, it's sad that Carrick. Yes. No, it's She's sad that Carrick is uh, is going to leave because they've actually appointed Raf. Um, Rangnick. Yeah, yeah. Raf. Yes. 
in the sense that looking at the two games he has actually managed for Man United and how well he has been able to use that team to actually grind results in just two games. Yes, you want to say it's just two games, but the approach in that encounter, Philip, I don't understand why. Um, for me, in that game, I think when we previewed it on Friday, I said something that uh, Man United. That game may end in a slim victory for Chelsea. That's one new, and probably my well, United. You know, you know Chelsea hasn't won a game against my United in like three. That's years. record. That's history. Exactly. But looking at the form now at Chelsea, a lot of people were expecting form now. Chelsea. Yeah, a lot of people were expecting Chelsea to actually get a big win for Chelsea. But the fact that my United came into Stamford Bridge and they played the conservative football, which kind of helped them, they defended when they you got the chance. You don't call when you have when your opponent has to. As much attempts, as you're getting anything to get a point. The defense. Okay, if they have gone all out and they were not so able to actually match up Chelsea, it's not about I'm saying guys. United could have gone all out yesterday guys. and Chelsea wouldn't still score. Chelsea were totally blunt yesterday. Not and whose fault was it that Chelsea, Chelsea were blunt? I'm out on Chelsea. And why are you not hammering on Chelsea? Why are you exactly. faulting? No, I'm talking to you. You are saying defensively. You are saying defensively. United, United are not a defensive you side. You have to understand that. Like the first the first 10 minutes in that game, yes. United were actually pressing really high. Mm-hmm. And then they had, and then Chelsea had two chances. Odoy, they were going from Odoy. Yeah. And then I think there was, was another that one. Was that the defensive? Was, 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 was United's defense? And then look at Lindelof almost. And then almost. Look at the error from Lindelof and the other guy. And then you are fourteen. You are fourteen. You are fourteen guys that are almost in for blame. United actually just had on low block, and I can actually bet you there was almost no chance that Chelsea had from the. 20th minute up until like the 70th okay, minute because yeah. there was almost nothing going through after the because like i said they started with the high press so there were a lot of chances for chelsea to actually create and stuff like that but after that high press and then they sat in a low block chelsea almost did nothing and everybody were calls about okay are they missing chill well should they have started exactly. with someone else on the right flank and then there were a lot of questions about okay what exactly is Tuku going to do to change exactly. the obvious fact that they were actually not I, going I said through. it I, I, I said where you sat last week and i said it that when things get tough we want to really see how Okay, oh, we change yeah. things, and then, and then the I didn't see yesterday. But, but we, we, have to, we have to give credit to the players for my United because exactly. they were obviously better than we expected. But another thing is that they actually were not proactive going forward at all. No. And if you're not going, the fact that my United, they felt they were lucky getting that early goal. Sancho, uh, Sancho got that and the first, this, who, the first who expected, goal. who expected, anybody expect my United to, to get more error from Jorginho. No, that's the that's the thing. They saw the chance and they converted. And, and the fact that they felt ah, they could hold on to that one. Now. If I lost calm now, <laughs> is it the first time they're missing chances? Is it the first time chances? But the fact that they got that early goal and they felt they can hold on to it and they didn't want to actually try to go on to actually get more goals and then be um. It's not even United still had other chances to score. Even when Ronaldo had a good chance to score at towards the end of the game, they also had good chances to score as well. And and in terms of that, I'm going to. He was talking about 14 Chelsea's attack, and the major talking point in going into that game. Obviously, Romelu Lukaku was, I mean, just returning back to fitness, and a lot of clubs, a lot of um, pundits were like. Romelu Lukaku should have been introduced into that game. There was nothing he would have done if he should have been introduced in that game earlier than he was. And when he came on, eventually, was there a difference? Was there a difference? Was there really a difference in Chelsea's attack? With Romelu Lukaku on it's, the field, it was so evident in the night that with Chelsea start with Ben Chilwell, they've actually perfected this kind of style of play from the back. The way Rhys James, Ben Chilwell, Rudiger, uh, Thiago Silva actually carried the ball from the back to the front, and the fact that Ben Chilwell was missing and yeah. likes of Alonso coming in to replace that part, and um, Alonso started the season. No, before Ben Chilwell came in, that they've actually yeah. had that partnership for for three Chelsea or four Chelsea fans have been saying no matter games. who plays. Chelsea has a working system. Where was the system yesterday? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. I said it was difficult because Ben was a key part in three or four games of Chelsea 
before that injury. And um, Lonzo coming into that game, it actually told in the back uh, in that game yesterday because they found it. I don't, I don't know how to put it. They found it really slow, slow transitioning from the back going forward, getting allowing um, the likes of um, Riz James and. Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, Akim Ziyech. Akim, Akim Ziyech, because to me, I didn't really see Akim Ziyech actually bringing out that short. I, I, I don't know, maybe because he was still um, back and also still trying to come forward again in that encounter. But for me, I felt they missed Ben Chidwell. And even they had brought in Lukaku so, so earlier. Or probably Mason Mount should have actually come on. Guys, 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 we can go on and on. But we have, to move, we have to move now because we have a major talking point on the show this evening. And it has to do with none other than... What's set to go down in a few minutes or a few hours, or, or this, exactly maybe one hour from now, the ceremony will begin at the Theatre du Châtelet in Paris as the winner of the 2021 Ballon d'Or is set to be announced. And I mean, so far, especially since 3 p.m. today, the countdown has been going on, especially from the tet, uh, from the thirtieth. Uh, the players have been ranked from the thirtieth position as far as the uh, top thirty is concerned till uh, the tenth uh, to the eleventh. Uh, uh, player right there and uh i think uh in terms of that it, it has actually drawn lots of controversy lots of opinion and all that but i just want you guys to look at the list from 30th to 20th and really look at the placings and uh was there any surprises or who should have been ranked higher than who and why well, I think for me, that's one thing with voting. You know, you would never have a perfect list and there is no way uh, you'd go through a list and just have everyone arranged the way you want it. I mean, there are players who but probably should you have been there. You mash up. Not about yeah, it, uh, but personally, looking at that list. I mean, I, I've seen I've seen the list, I've seen the rankings, and you know, I've I've like this years I've not really I've not really looked at the list and said, okay, this person should be there or this person should not be there. But then I think one player I have an issue with, uh, I think, is uh, Sterling being ahead of Neymar because if you look at what you're judging I, I want to put two players in comparison and I think one of the reasons why a lot of people would agree that Messi is favorite for the Ballon d'Or is probably what he did at Copa America mm. and then if you're judging by that Neymar also had a very very excellent Copa America and then last season he got to the semi-finals of the Champions League was very very and impressive he well in, in taking his side I mean yeah. in the league also it was yeah. very impressive even though they didn't win it but then if you're judging just by that Neymar should not be uh, behind Sterling. And it, I think I was also looking at the list and I saw a uh, missing mount. I was looking to the first 20. I didn't see missing mounts. I'm like, he's actually on the 30 man short list. And it's not in the, it's not in the bottom 20. Like, it's not in the bottom 20. Where exactly is he going to be? You know, that's, that's also one thing. And I think it just shows you that when it comes to the PR, I mean, there are a lot of things that are going on in the footballing world that more and more we just continue to see uh, PR. And you look at Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane was 27th or 24th thought or something like that okay. and i mean harry kane was someone who for all intents and purposes should have been the best player in the premier league last year mm. he had most goals he had the most assists he was very very influential for sports when it was looking like they could actually mount a title challenge and then the but team it, fell it apart really come apart yeah he really come alive at the Copa america uh, at the uh, european was, championship at the european championship that was what cost him maybe maybe not but i mean there are several other players who didn't come alive at those well, same european champions who are ranked higher higher than you so i think it's also a function of the club uh you're at and like i said it's actually quite funny because when it comes to voting when it comes to lists i mean no list is perfect and definitely when it comes to voting i mean no one can vote uh, perfectly either one name that was actually uh controversial for me has to do with the danish captain simon Kier, ranked 18th wow. 18th best player in 2021 ahead of <laughs> All the players that were Bruno Fernandes. very, very impressive. Marshall was talking about Harry Kane. 
was talking about Bruno, uh, just mentioned Bruno Fernandes, other couple, a uh, couple of other players there, and Simon Kier was actually ranked 18th. I think I think that should lead to the question that was the basis of actually lining up these players for yes, the best list. you had a better year. I think for Simon Kier now, it's just about the use. They did not consider what has happened in the past. They only consider but what I, happened I, within. Sorry, sorry to go short, to Timothy. I, I, I consider when I saw the list and I saw his name on the list, I was like, oh, that's very good. He was recognized. He was. He did really well. I mean, with what he did at the Europe, uh, European Championship, but coming into the the rankings now and finding it uh, when I saw the when I, when the rankings were being dropped um, one after the other, I was I was looking at where is Simon Kier? Where is Simon Kier? And I saw him 18th. That means you're saying that in 18th position, Simon Kier did what he did is actually better than those <laughs> behind him. Is that the, is that the general feeling? Was the best uh, if, if you are saying Simon Kier shouldn't be there because they had just the Euros, it's not about no, what, what, okay. even the Euros. What did he yeah, do like, the Euros? Uh, yeah, that's, that's where we practically got wind of you know how and i think the daily side got to the semi-finals and they were like how even in that even in that you got to dams guys still did better He's in not even team. supposed to come ahead of Listen, Real Madrid. Is, is he forcing him because of the Why do you think he made it into that list? Was it because of his performances at the Euros or because of what he did to uh, Christian Eric? Even when the list was made, even when the the, the, the rankings were made and, and all that, and the, the, the top 30 were, was made public, a lot of people said that Simon Kier was actually on the list because of what he did, the, the instrumental role he played in resuscitating the life of his of uh, his teammate Christian Eriksen but do you agree with, are you are you saying he's that not, in that Danish team in that Danish team Simon Kier was the only standout player in that Danish team that should have been ranked so highly no I'm not saying Simon Kier is the only one but, but I think Simon Kier was also in the Milan side that finished second in the, in the Serie A uh, last season Yes. I don't get. You said. You said. Wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. You said Messi. Messi is ranked so highly and is about to probably win it because he had a stellar Copa America. Copa America is a competition of ten teams. It's practically four. Exactly. We could call it a little competition. So if someone is about to win a Ballon d'Or for a little competition, I don't see a reason why we can't say. This guy on 18th should also be there. I mean, getting to the semi-final of the Euros is is probably is probably harder than winning the Copa America. The Copa America, you play so little games, you have just nine opponents to play against. So, however they do their mathematics, they shall do it amongst and they get two teams to the final. But going through the group stages of the Euros, so when you start the, okay, the Copa mm-hmm. America now and the Euros, mm-hmm. which is the hardest. Guys, 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 let's be calm. Let's be calm. Sorry, just to corroborate what Philip said. If we are saying based on the Danish performance, the Danish team performance in the Euro 2020. I still believe he was not even the best player in that Danish team. And I was the best. We can, can have okay, look at Ryan Sterling. Look at Ryan Sterling. They often pick a player from the team that won Ryan the Champions League as high as 15th. What did he play for Man City? He was more of a bench player than, the starting, than a starting player in that team for Manchester City. Although yes, he was England's standout player too. All right, guys. Like you're picking his performance from the tournament. You're also picking Messi's performance from just the Euros. So that's what. All right, all right, guys. I'll just read out the names of the players that as they were ranked from 11th to 30th in 11th place we have Ellen Holland 12th place we have Romelu Lukaku 13th 
Giorgio Chiellini, 14th, Leonardo Bonucci, 15th, Raheem Sterling, 16th, Neymar Jr., 17th, Luis Suarez, 18th, Simon Kerr, 19th, Mason Mount, 20th, Riyad Mahrez, 21st, Bruno Fernandes, 22nd, Lotaro Martinez, 23rd, Ari Kane, 24th, Pedri Gonzalez, 25th, Phil Foden, 26th, Ruben Diaz, 27th, Gerard Moreno, 28th, Nicolo Barella, 29th, Luka Modric, and 30th, Cesar Aspilicueta. And moving forward now to that major talking point about who is winning tonight, why should should, what should the criteria? Mm. Say? No, no. Everybody knows who will be in the top three. I, I, I think I don't think anybody no, no, in the no, studios no, now should have doubts. Should have doubts about who should be in the top. Okay, Maureen, you have a doubt about who should be in the top yeah, three? Definitely, who will be in the top three? I have, I have my own. All right. Uh, top okay, three. name your top three first. <laughs> my, my top three, Messi, definitely for mm-hmm. obvious reasons that we know. Hmm. Okay. Probably, um, um, uh, Lovat Lewandowski definitely, okay. definitely want to get this one, uh, mm-hmm. making the top three and. Probably the third position will be between. Why? Why are you giving me no, that? I want, to, I want to. I want to be sure. I want to be sure. Let that talk. Oh, okay. All right, Marshall. Top three. <laughs> no, I think the top three is actually recognizable. Like everyone knows. Yes. Like, no, no, everybody should know. And Karim Benzema. I think that's like pretty easy. I mean. All right, Adam. Top three. Messi, Lewandowski, Benzema. Right, F- to me, talk yeah, to yeah, Andres Messi. What? Let me, I'll have my chill down. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Leonel Andres Messi, then, uh, what's this guy's name now? Robert, Robert Lewandowski and, um, um, uh, Benzema. In this order, Lewandowski, Messi, and Benzema. All right, uh, Philip, Benzema, Messi, and Lewandowski. Is it okay? Lewandowski. Mohamed Salah and Lionel Messi. Wow, Salah. Wow. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> Lewandowski, Mohamed Salah, and Messi. Reports hmm. that actually the most. The way, the way people in this studio keep shifting goalposts, eh? No. Someone just said he was not the highest goal scorer. <laughs> so you want to base? So that means Hurricane should probably be there. He was the highest goal scorer and the highest assist. Yeah, in, I believe he should assist. have been higher than twenty third. No, we are saying top three. The, the conversation <laughs> is about top three. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we shouldn't but, be but, judging. But top I think. Threes. I think. Uh, one question that has been really pertinent that I've been wanting to ask has to do with the fact that uh, if another player or if we were to be Cristiano Ronaldo who had the season that Lewandowski had <coughs> and failed to win or he won maybe Cristiano Ronaldo won his domestic league he won the domestic cup and he also did where he had that amount of goals and assists and he didn't win the Champions League and it's up against this particular Lionel Messi off the back of what he did in 2021 who do you think would be winning the award and why uh-uh. to be honest uh, no sentiment here let's let's keep it 100. 100 Messi actually shouldn't be there if we keep it 100 true Messi had a no no that's his opinion oh, don't say true Messi had Messi and his club had a bad season we are still going to get to PR we are still going to get to PR Messi and his club had a bad season let's not forget that but you know that aside is there there's nothing we can do about it the thing is when you look at what Ronaldo did, where he plays, and the club he played with, people will tell you Juventus were bad. Juventus finished fourth. They got into the fourth even on the last day of the season. So they, they often forget that he was the highest goal scorer in the Serie A. He practically you know, pushed and dragged Juventus to the position they finished in. And he still had, I think, two trophies to, show, to, to go with it with the poor season he had. 
but somehow somehow the media the organizers everybody they've moved past ronaldo and i think he has also seen that and he's not really playing for maybe to be nominated for the awards he's just playing for the challenge you know, let's go to england let's end the big check he's still the earner in the premier league but looking at the season he had looking at the season his biggest rival also had i don't think one should be favorite to win and one should be not even in the conversation yeah that's the exactly. point because you look at the uh, the other guys are in the mix Robert Lewandowski, a lot of people I mean, are saying that. I mean, the fact that the first um, talking point was the fact that the 2020 award is also going to be handed out. He's going to win that one. And a lot of people say, ah, he's already gotten one now. And But this guy continued on that in that same form into 2021. He scored lots of goals. And I would want to say that if he was not injured when they faced Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League, he probably would have pushed Bayern Munich to the semi-finals or even to the final and they would have won the Champions League again so in terms of that and and what really played out especially bringing in another player entirely in Benzema I mean he scored lots of goals for Real Madrid they did not win the La Liga but they won the Nations League and a lot of people are saying his return to France has actually maybe put him in in this in this almost stead especially as regards other players but now to the issue of pr which is obviously the most important thing when this was especially because that's what you was that's what you will hear gone are the days where there was a an out an outright favorite for the award based on stats based on form based on everything obviously between blue messi and ronaldo mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh messi and ronaldo but now i mean especially if the the said player or the said winner is not has not really done so well in terms of the form or has not really it, it has not been because if you look at Messi's standards and Ronaldo's standards or the two the standards of these two guys, especially when they won when they won this award in the in the past, would you compare that standard with, with what's actually playing out now? Especially when Messi won this award in the past or when Ronaldo won this award in the past, they won it on merit and they did well in terms of the start. But now that the stats are not really there to say okay, back it up because the only thing we're hearing is uh, Messi won the Copa America and is in the mix. Lewandowski did not win the uh, the, the Bundesliga, but he has low many. He, he didn't win the Champions League. He won the Bundesliga and all that, but he's in the mix. But in terms of PR, Marshall, <laughs> should PR really, really be what we look at and say, oh, because Messi is Messi, he should get the award, but or because Messi actually deserves to win it? No, it's not. It's not really about. Messi being Messi because the truth is that these guys would always have stupendous years, right? But then when it comes to what they have done, usually it used to be a player shining for two years max. And that's why we had a lot of first-time winners before Messi and Ronaldo. And then when it now became Messi and Ronaldo pulling up astronomical numbers, it now became a case of who should we give between this guy and this guy? You know, so it now became more of a direct comparison. Who had the better year between Messi and Ronaldo? Because the media would never just see someone having a better year than them i mean the last person i want to on there was still messy so between 2008 and 2020 we had only modric as the ballon d'or winner that was not in messi or ronaldo so yeah. that shows you that there was even when they were not probably at their best level because i was speaking with a friend earlier and i was like in 2013 if we if everything was being kept 100 ronaldo would not have won that award in 2010 messi would not have won that award but because of the levels they have set and in 2012 because 2012 is very very similar what messi did in 2012 is similar to what lewi did last year yeah the reason why messi actually won that award in 2012 is because he scored 91 goals which is astronomical like you can't actually think about it like who scores 50 league goals you understand so when you look at what lewi did last year Yeah. Lewi actually scored at a better ratio yeah. than Messi did in 2012. 
but he played less games i mean he actually scored 41 goals in, in 29 league. league games like there was them i was actually looking at i was like i actually prioritized over 38 games and that's actually like 54 goals you know mm-hmm. what he did last season for uh for Bayern Munich and he broke uh the record that has been held by Gerd Muller yeah. and like like you've said at the start if it was Ronaldo that had this record definitely he would have been winning it easily but because it is Lewandowski he does not have the kind of PR they have mm-hmm. and the f- the club itself Bayern Munich does not have because if Lewy did these numbers or had these numbers at Real Madrid, yeah. he would definitely be winning winning that award. That's what happens when that's why a player like Mbappe, you know, he's played well at Paris Saint-Germain, he's getting the money, but he wants to move to Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. It's not because he's going to do anything utterly different, okay. but because he knows that. Bro, bro, no, 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 I agree. Masha, Masha, let me just let me just chip in something. You might not agree. Masha was saying the reason why maybe these two guys have won it for so long, Messi, Ronaldo. I think the issue is these two have not moved as often as the former winners used to move. Yeah. Look at the likes of Delima Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo. Ronaldo moved from I uh, was it Ajax or where? PSV to, yeah, to Barca. PSV to Barca, Barca to Inter. You Inter, Inter Barca? Yeah, Inter back to Madrid. You wanted Inter. Yeah, people were moving around. Figo was moving around. People, but one Ronaldo stayed in uh, Mayu for a long time. Then he went to um, Madrid for another long time. You know the 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 length of their stay in each club. It gives it them it like really, good it status. Didn't really, it didn't really matter. Marshall, if these guys moved as often as we know superstars to move, Kaka had a good season with AC. Kaka was next season Kaka was, it was, Kaka, was at, was in, Kaka was in AC at yeah for years. I know. 2003. And then he left 2009. That's six good years. And he moved two years after that. So, uh, you see, the point is a Ballon d'Or, can st- a Ballon d'Or winner can still be priced away from you know, a team. But now, who wants to buy the Ballon d'Or winner from Baka? Because you're already feeling like I'm playing at the biggest club already. Am I That's leaving Baka point. to go and play at Inter? And the fact that we've seen other big clubs, the standard at other big clubs has nosedived drastically. See United, they are not the United we used to know. See Inter, they are not the Inter. See AC, all the big boys apart from maybe Chelsea, Inter, uh, Madrid, Bayern, and Baka. All other big teams are practically... Have actually dropped madly. <laughs> okay, let's remove them. So, all other big teams have dropped from the, you know, big god status they used to be. So, I think now that's the issue. The importance and the influence of PR in deciding who wins what and why. Finally, guys, I mean, just uh, to take our predictions on who is going to win the Ballon d'Or tonight from Marshall. Just give me your... Who's going to win? Robert Lewandowski. Adam says we are going for number seven. Who is number seven? What's number seven? Robert Lewandowski. Tommy. Lionel Messi. Wow. It seems Messi... (laughs) is the overwhelming favorite on the show this evening from the guys and that's how we call it a wrap on the show this evening thank you very much guys for your contributions for your thoughts for all that happened on the show this evening and to our listeners at home thank you for joining us and for your calls as well we're back tomorrow to discuss the major talking points are actually centered on tonight's global showpiece right there in paris and from me hgp and the guys in the studios good evening